0: This is Laura Cobbs here, speaking against her will. My back is up against the wall, and I have no escape. Grayson, how do you respond to the situation?
1: That's something. Um, Hi, everyone, and that's, that's how we're introing this. Welcome to My Friends and I, a podcast where I interview my closest friends and family and better learn about them and hopefully myself. Today with me, I have one of my closest friends from middle school, Laura Cobbs. Say hi, Laura.
0: Hello, Laura.
1: Fantastic, this is going to go just great. Um, I'm so already yeah,
0: having barrels of fun.
1: Just barrels. Uh, Laura, how do we know each other and how how do you think we became friends?
0: I've known you for eleven years, and let's see that means we met when we were I was ten, so I say about four third grade, and honestly, Grayson, the earliest memory I have of you is you putting a bunch of tables in a long line and then you sliding on them on your tummy until you reach the other end.
1: When was this? I asked you earlier if you had any good middle school stories, and you didn't tell me this? When did I do this? <laughs> you,
0: this was, like, when my mother was substituting for, like, Miss Hill. And I just remember, no, nah, you, the class was going bonkers. Like, people were screaming. You were, like, just ready. You were just ready. You're a loud boy already, but you were, like, super loud. The teacher next door, in fact, came inside, and she's like, where's a teacher? My mom's over there, she's like, oh, I'm here, I just don't mind the noise. And she's like, oh, there's an adult in the room.
1: So, you're telling me I got a bunch of tables, put them in a straight line, and then slid across them.
0: That is usually my first and last impression of you. Yes.
1: That's... Just fantastic. I had. Okay, well, that's a great segue into our next question. Do you have any good stories about middle school? Because, man, you've been holding out on me apparently.
0: Grayson, I don't think my definition of good stories aligns with your definition of good stories. I suppose you want funny stories?
1: I want whatever you think answers the question.
0: From what I can recall, the best, the funniest thing I could, off the top of my head, is middle school play, we had this production. It was like the Wizarding Wonderland, where it was like Wizard of Oz and Wonderland mixed. It's a middle school play. But our starring character, um, we'll call him Tad for now. Tad hated another kid who was also in the play. So Tad took this kid's backpack and shoes, put them in a urinal peed on them and our director had to beg the principal not to kick him out of the play because the production was like in two weeks and he was still the main lead and I remember I only knew this because the director was telling me this and I was just giggling my butt off because he's like it's not funny I'm just like it's a little funny like the jer- kid was a jerk he had to come of
1: I I cannot fathom the relationship between Tad and, we'll call the other one, Brad. Tad and Brad hated each other so very much, and I don't genuinely know why.
0: I think it's because they were both, like, very tall. Like this always made sense in my mind, I'm just like, of course they hate each other. They are both tall boys. And they need to fight for dominance over who's the tallest and loudest moron.
1: But there were other tall boys at her school. And here's the thing. I knew them both personally from my church. Before I came to the school, I had known both of them individually from my church. And then I told them that I knew the other one, and they both got angry. Because even as, like, second graders, oh they significantly hated each other. And whenever I asked one of them why, the answer I got was like, well, we were friends when we were younger, but now they're a jerk. And kind of, I would admit, both of them, Tad and Brad, are were jerks at the time. One of them was more of like, the theater jerk and the other one was more just like the guy who Trying got be- picked up, the guy who got picked on a school jerk which you feel bad i'm for the record tad if you're listening and i'm sorry we were all just monsters to you but Ted, you uh, you didn't you didn't stop us well enough uh not saying that's on us i'm just saying I didn't realize I was being a jerk as a kid and you didn't properly explain that to me.
0: Dad, I want you to know that I will get nothing from middle school and I I was your I was a friend and now I'm an enemy, but like it was so cool.
1: Okay. Back on topic though. Yeah. Cobb's. We have been friends for 11 years, and I have no idea what you want to do with your life.
0: Wow. Thanks for finally asking, Grayson. It took some time, but we're here. <sighs> well, this isn't how I find for you asking me on your podcast, but you know what? I'll take what I can get. Um, really, I didn't know what I wanted to do for the longest time, and I still kind of don't, but... I definitely know that I want to, I'm good with numbers, so I'm at the currency, at current, I am a sociology major, so I'm taking social analytics that deals with research and data analysis. That sounded like a bunch of jargon, just know I use a lot of numbers. And what I want to do with this is work in the arts, because I know that I can't, if I was beat to be forced in a small box room nine to five, I would kill myself out of sheer boredom. So I was hoping to maybe go into fashion or art or music for research and analysis and be able to, uh, you know, work, crunch some numbers, help with some markets, just something along those lines.
1: Interesting. That's, that's really cool. I absolutely get the not able to work at a desk job thing. I'm currently kind of starting to realize oh yeah we kind of need to figure out what we want to do then but i absolutely get the yeah i don't think i could make it at a desk every day
0: i don't see you doing that
1: why why fashion how are you going to use like research and numbers for fashion
0: well i've been sewing for the past 5 years uh it started <laughs> as a hobby hobby actually um, it was like just little things, like like knits and the shirts, or redoing a blanket. But recently, I've been making dolls out of felt, and I've been making some clothes actually. So I've really gotten into like making clothes and learning about like the history of fashion. And I find it's so interesting to study trends and how like people are deciding how they want to express themselves, because like some people, mostly guys can see clothes as just a way to not be naked. But for me, I see clothes as a way of ex- self-expression. Like people, you, the first statement you ever speak to a person is through what you wear. Like through that, people can see you and make a gouge of what you're about. People can see, oh, I like punk metal, I like goth, or I like pastel, or pretty much, it's like your first avatar is yourself. And you get to choose how you dress up and how you want the world to perceive you. And to me, I find that absolutely fascinating. And I believe, like, with the right kind of research, we could start, like, maybe even tracking trends and seeing, like, how where people are going to go. Because, like, it from 70s fashion to 80s fashion to 90s fashion, you can see how different styles have changed throughout the years. Whether it be by popular figures on music. And I think that's just so fascinating how people imitate what's popular at the moment.
1: I I, I completely agree. I love looking at uh, trends, like you said, and seeing, well, this happened, and so we're probably going to shift here. Specifically, I really love looking into the trends of uh, music and seeing how different things here and there Will affect what the future, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, The future preferences of people's music. But going back to fashion, I, I really do agree with how it is a form of expressing yourself, obviously. I think with guys, it becomes more of a case when they start to go to college because then they really have to find, oh, okay. I I really have to make myself into an actual unique person that that I can introduce myself as, and it's interesting because I've I've been in that same situation the past two years of college. Uh, I'm a personal user of the company Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix, please feel free to follow us. Stitch Fix, <laughs> I would I would love to promote your work. I use it regularly, but you can use Stitch Fix to cultivate. What specific type of clothing you you prefer, and over time I've gotten I've gotten an actual wardrobe. I've got an actual outfit, and it's not just like graphics on tees and then a white button up shirt and then some colored polos. Like I have, I'd say the my predominant style is uh, short sleeve button ups with a pattern on them. And I would never have found that before if I hadn't really started looking into all right, well, what is my fashion style? What do I want to be? So I absolutely get the idea that fashion is is a, is a way to express yourself uniquely and wholly.
0: Oh, absolutely. My brother actually is a good example because for him, fashion means not just – because sometimes people are scared to express themselves, and that's perfectly okay. Like for my brother, he wants to be kind of hidden. He doesn't want to stand out, so he, like, buys, like, very dark-colored clothes and, like, very normal, like, just shirts and shorts, because for him, he's more comfortable when he blends in. And that's still, like, expressing yourself, because it's still showing how you want to be perceived, and some people, that's not being perceived, perceived at all
1: when when talking about fashion everyone says you're making a statement and obviously it really does apply because in that situation the statement is don't talk to me
0: see perfect that's a statement so yeah that's what i kind of want to go into with uh, research and analysis because i find the field study the field fascinating and I think I could, you know, always have a good project on my hands. I don't feel like I would get bored soon. And I feel like it's something I would definitely dedicate my time to.
1: Fantastic. Well, Laura, we're going to get right back to the questions after we take a quick break. We'll be
0: right back with yeah. the listeners.
1: So, Laura, if there was ever two pieces of online media that I would associate you with, they would be the Modern Odyssey and Pirates with Superpowers. Which would you like to talk about first?
0: Ooh, those are both very good things because I'm proud of both of them. You know what, let's let's do with the modern Odyssey. I feel I feel like that one is the best subject to tackle first.
1: Could you please tell the audience about what we are both considering is the modern Odyssey, why it is the modern Odyssey, and why you and and a large sum of people as well love it so much.
0: Homestuck is a webcomic that i was introduced to when i was say fifth grade and it introduced me to a whole new world of fan created content and it's a story made from stories that deal with very real kids and real problems and very humbling in my opinion the way the author wrote it because i believe it was like my first piece of media where i truly understood oh these are kids and these are kids going through kid problems and that is what really connected to me at the time because young adult fiction wasn't like the most mainstream thing for me at like internet was just starting to become a thing and books were hard to come by but that was definitely the home runner of what it means to find a piece of fiction, just like a piece of reading material that really captures your attention and you are constantly wondering, oh my God, what's going to happen next?
1: Fantastic. If you could just give one sentence describing describing Homestuck. I know that is an oxymoron. One sentence describing it, and then also we still need to address why it is called the Modern Odyssey. It
0: is a bunch of kids trying to grow up and while well, saving the world, but also just a bunch of people Grow, forced in a situation where they grow closer and learn more about each other and then horribly get ripped apart from one another.
1: And there you go. And you didn't even mention the part in which they blow up the Earth. Yeah, that, that happens. But And then I, reset the Earth and then blow it up again.
0: You know what? It happens.
1: It tends to happen. In Homestuck, it does. Uh, so, Modern Odyssey.
0: Um... It definitely, I think in modern terms, it kind of revolutionized how people interact with a content creator. Because at first it was just the audience telling the content creator what they should do. And then it evolved into like the Arthur just taking full control over it. And he would like make updates every week. And it would be so funny because he would, like, use modern memes or, like, things that are happening at the time within the story. So it's definitely a piece that you had to be there. Like, I, I have no doubt that if someone was to read Homestuck now, it would be a completely different experience than someone who had to wait every week for an update. But it, it's just, like, it definitely created definitely one of the biggest fandoms. And I believe that's the real kicker, because, like, this was a huge, ginormous group of people who, like, interacted with one another, whether online. And I believe that's, like, one of the first times that people have, like, tried to interact with one another, meet each other with, like, through Comic Cons. And it became something so small and niche, became so mainstream, that it just, like, threw everything out of the water. Like, everyone knew, hood about Homestuck, but only few actually read it and knew what it was about.
1: Absolutely, I get that. Uh, I I would argue that Homestuck was one of the first fandoms. not Not in the regard that they were one of the first collection of nerds who really liked something, but the concept of a fandom, which for those who don't know, is basically a gr- group of nerds who really like something. Uh, I would say the actual concept of a fandom itself really came together with Homestuck because it, it was really unlike anything else. People fell in love with it, and the reason it's I, – I, I should just explain. The reason people call it a modern odyssey is because it's so long it is immensely long. it It takes people, on average, just years to finish, but it's worth it. And the whole time, from from part from the very first second, you know who you're talking about. You know what characters you're dealing with, and the rest is just watching these characters grow up.
0: No, I agree wholeheartedly. Like it definitely like when. I believe this is one of the fandoms that helped, uh, like, things like Comic-Con become, like, more mainstream and more normal. Because, like, at first, Comic-Con's been around for years, but I think since, like, the 70s. But, you know, it's always been kind of a niche kind of community, like, only certain people do that. But in recent years, like, no, everyone is, like, it's perfectly normal and even extremely you know, like, hey, there's a Comic-Con, and people get dressed up for it, people get ready for it, people expect to go, and I believe Homestuck is one of the things that definitely brought the niche web, cu- the kind of geeky likes into the mainstream media and made people go, like, start looking there, even if, like, they didn't read the Homestuck itself.
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, for the people at home who aren't quite sure how to tell if someone is a Homestuck fan, your basic mark is going to be that the there are aliens in Homestuck and they are gray-skinned with long orange horns. So usually if you see someone with gray skin, a wig on, and long orange horns, you can just assume, oh, they've at, re- at least read a good chunk of one of the longest stories ever made.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to spot a homestuck. In fact, I believe the are homestuck police for the sole purpose of finding homestucks and ratting them out.
1: <laughs> what do you mean by homestuck police? What, you a
0: cop? You want to know everything, Grayson?
1: Hey, hey. No, no homestuck snitches. Amen, exactly. That was a test. we don't rat out fellow homestucks it's become liking homestuck is like joining the most obscure club in the world because there are just little details here and there that when you see someone you can think i think they've read homestuck Sometimes it's like a, a just a little profile picture on someone's like account. Sometimes it's it's just a little the way they type something. And it's always just the most awkward experience, but exciting too, to go up to someone and be like, Have you uh have you read Homestuck? The weirdest, longest webcomic in the world? Or is that just me? It's just me? Okay, bye. <laughs> Every every group you find yourself in, every college has at least three homestucks just hiding in the background. It's like a Where's Waldo.
0: Nah, I I actually met a homestuck at my college. Did not end well though.
1: I know. Well, I did know two. One of them has changed schools. Now I only know one homestuck. They're 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 a decent guy.
0: Nah, I've tried to get a few of my friends to eat homestuck. Um, Only you have succeeded. Everyone else decided not to.
1: My girlfriend really wants to read it because she's so interested by the challenge of the longest story in the world. But I know she's, she's probably not going to really dig into it because it's something that you need to be so bored and have so much free time on your hand to get into Homestuck. Because it's so long, and it starts off very slow. So I you wouldn't really...
0: say that. I'd purposely disagree.
1: The first, I'd say, 100 pages are about a guy trying to figure out how his virtual pockets work.
0: And it's hilarious. Like, yeah, it has nothing to do with the plot, but it's written really funny.
1: Either way, if if you go into it expecting this grand story, you will be mistaken for a, a good first chunk. It is it is not a grand story immediately. It slowly builds over time.
0: And I remember I had this Russian girl read it. I think it took her maybe two three months. So like it's not impossible. You. Like, remember the little Russian girl. If she could do it, you can do it.
1: She read the whole... She read all of Homestuck in two or three months.
0: You know, I think you're really, like... Think over. Like, yes, it's super long. But it takes about a week to read a book, Grayson. Like, maybe just a couple. It's not, it's not impossible. It doesn't take years. It only took us forever because we had to wait for it.
1: I genuinely read a bit of Homestuck today. And it took me like, ten minutes to get through three pages. And then towards the end, he'll include, like, hidden pages in pages that'll give you bonus content that are even longer. Like, it's—if it if you're a rational person who doesn't have just immense free time on your hand, it's going to take you a while. That's just well, my two cents on it, though.
0: Okay, okay. Obviously, we have different reading patterns.
1: Well, let's get into Pirates with Superpowers, I guess.
0: The most amazing thing ever. Fantastic.
1: Something that you are so obsessed with that I have actually talked to people we both know who are upset with how obsessed you are with it. And when... I asked how you were doing. They responded with, oh, she's she's doing all right." And like they said it like that. And I was like, "Well, what's wrong?" And they were like, "She's too, she's too One Piece."
0: What is that supposed to mean? I
1: I that- have no idea. They wouldn't explain it. But can you explain to the audience what One Piece is, Laura?
0: Well, first of all, I'm not obsessed with it. Whoever's telling you is nothing but a lying, dirty liar. And the second, yes, I can go into one piece because it is amazing.
1: You are very much obsessed with it.
0: I am not! How? Fight me.
1: You know all of the inner workings of it.
0: Oh, heaven forbid, I like something that's good. Yeah, you called me out right there, Grayson.
1: See, this sounds like the defendings of someone who is obsessed. I digress. Laura, what is One Piece?
0: One Piece is an anime about pirates with superpowers.
1: And why do you love this anime about pirates with superpowers so much?
0: One word world building. It has the best world building I have ever experienced in a media kind of deal. Like, I know, I don't mean to say that lightly, but I am serious, because the way the story is written is the the group of pirates, and the thing is, their goal is at the end of the world, and throughout it, they have to go to a different island each time, and the world building that Oda, the creator of it, does is phenomenal. Each island is completely different, different culture, different people, and would think that'd be confusing but the characters are just so interesting and like the story is just like so so large but at the same point still so ingrained with this group of very creative people that it never gets boring in my opinion like some things get slow when they need to get slow but mostly it's just all about like It's all about these people and their interactions with one another and the interactions that they make on the world. And it's not like other plots where the whole point is about the protagonist. No, the world makes it very clear that other parties are working. Some people don't even know the protagonist, but at the same point, they make such an impact in the world that it affects the protagonist. And I think that's like fascinating.
1: Fantastic. I have realized I have said the word fantastic at least four times during this interview.
0: In my defense. And guess
1: what? That's fantastic.
0: In my defense, I've been doing a fantastic job.
1: If you could change one thing about One Piece, this thing that some, some would say you have an obsession with, what would it be?
0: Um, probably the female characters. Because as well as one piece is written and as amazing as the female characters are, don't get me wrong, and Oda has a tendency to draw all the female characters very similar. So I would like a more diverse like how they look. Kind of it's not even a big thing, but at the same point I would just like if the female characters had different structures and they because he makes the males looks so different. Like, you just need to look at the silhouette of the males, and you know, like, who's who easily. And I feel like if he put a little more effort in the designs he gives the females, then that would be, like, super amazing as well.
1: I get what you're saying, because for those who don't know, she also got me to, to to watch and read One Piece, so I, too, know about everything she's talking about, and... While the head designer, the writer, and the the one who draws everything, I agree, is wonderful at writing the stories, He he once went on record to show that his format for drawing women is literally always large chest, thin waist. And if they're not that, they're usually considered an ugly character.
0: Yeah. So, I would say that's probably the most nitpick I have. Um, Let's see. Um, Can't really think of anything else I would technically change, because, no, I I really enjoy, like, what the content that I've been given. Uh, I love the powers, the lore, the the history, like, how they get the powers. And I especially love the characters. Like, the pirate group that... uh, it, the Straw Hat Pirates adore them, especially the main character Luffy. And I always find that interesting because, like in most things, I never like the main character. You always like the side characters because they're the ones with the personality. No, Luffy. He is chaotic, neutral to a fault. He does not care. He is red. He will fight. He will eat. He will leave. And he will just do whatever he wants. No boundaries. No limitations. I love that.
1: Is there? Anything you see uh, in yourself that you see in those characters? Because more often than not, people will associate media they truly love because they see it in themselves.
0: Actually, absolutely. I read this like when I was in third grade, and I really got into it like in middle school and throughout high school. And I really had a deep connection with Luffy because. The way he was portrayed in anime he always made it clear that he didn't care what anyone thought of him that all he wanted to do was live his life freely without any concerns as long as he's not bothering anyone or no one's bothering him it's none of his business and he's just gonna live his life like and he believes everyone should have the ability to just live the life without judgment To their free will, because that's what's the most important thing is, the freedom to be yourself. And to me, that made such an impact on as a growing up child, because, you know, a lot of pressure is put on you as a kid to be certain something or someone. And it was always that mindset of I want to be brave enough to be myself and not care what anyone thinks, because I have a group of friends who I know love me and accept me for who I am. And there are always going to be people who are not going to accept me. And just hearing that made me, like, so comfortable in my own skin, knowing that I can be who I want to be. Because that's what I think everyone should be able to do.
1: Just fantastic. I've said it (laughs) many times, but I'll say it again. Laura, it has been... what. Go ahead. We
0: should make a tally. Like at the end of this. How many times did you say fantastic to this
1: podcast? And then I'll donate money to a charity of the of the guest's choice. Perfect. Laura, thank you so much for coming on. Uh we only have one more question left. It is from a random question generator. Are you ready? Lay it on me. Alrighty. Our random question is. What's the best thing you got from your parents?
0: Um, best thing I got from my parents, I would have to say, hmm. I don't want to say something simple like a phone or my laptop because you know just needed that for school. But my parents gave me my grandmother's uh wedding. Not wearing a dress. It was her Mardi Gras dress. It was the dress she wore when she was queen of Mardi Gras for a parade. And they gave me her dress so that when I was able to like, join the Duchesses of Mardi Gras, I was able to represent her. And I think that was the greatest gift that I got from my parents.
1: Awesome. What do you think would be the best thing you as a person got from your parents as well?
0: You mean like just them giving me something?
1: No, I mean like as as a as a character, as a human.
0: Oh. Traits I mean... you got from your parents. <laughs> oh. Well, um I would say probably integrity. My mom and dad are I love them, but they are very strict when it comes to the character. They always want to make sure that me and my brother realize that when we grow up, our actions will reflect on ourselves. Like, there are consequences for everything you do, and they want us to know that, good or bad, you have to either stand up for what you did, and you have to acknowledge that, as a person, you affect everyone around you whether it's through what you say or what you do and yeah like you just have to realize that you are part of a larger world and you have to understand that you're not the only one who's going to be living here so I guess consideration as well
1: awesome well Laura thank you so much for coming on to the podcast we loved having you and thank you, audience, for listening. Now, Laura, if you would please give us our signature signing off slogan.
0: Um, well, the doors are finally starting to open. The lines that are on my feet and wrist, i finally able to cut them by ripping out a tooth and slowly sharpening it this entire podcast. So my escape looks imminent. And I must say, it was great talking to you, Grayson, but I really need to jump out the window.
1: And on that horrifying note, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll catch you the next time.